Well, hello. Welcome to the podcast. It's been a little while and you join me on the beach because I am here in Cancun right now, lying on a sunny beach, the waves lapping at my toes. <laughs> and uh, maybe I'll take a walk over to the pool and uh, have a sit down and have a nice little iced drink. And uh, maybe I'll go to the spa later or do some fun activity. Anyway, you get the idea. I'm at the beach. Um, <laughs> this is a run of special episodes where we, and by we I mean Corinne Gilfrey, my good friend and business partner, and myself, are interviewing speakers and presenters and colleagues and friends who are coming to the Vocation Cancun conference in February 2023. Now, I'm going to tell you a little bit about the event because Corinne and I are so excited because it's just going to be incredible and we're, we can't wait to go and we can't wait to share the experience with uh, all of you lovely people out there. So I'm going to tell you what we have coming up and then we're going to get into our interview today. So the event is happening February 9th to 12th, 2023, so a few months away, and it's going to be in Cancun, Mexico, in the Caribbean, <laughs> a beautiful location at the Moon Palace Cancun, which is one of the top rated hotels in Cancun. And um, it's a beautiful hotel. Karen went there um, about a month ago. And the facilities are phenomenal. The pool is amazing. The rooms are gorgeous. It's incredible. They've got a 27-hole golf course, an amazing, like a world-class spa, a whole range of restaurants, nightly entertainment, everything. And the best part is that it's all inclusive. So when you come to the conference, you buy your conference ticket and then you pay for your hotel room that is part of our room block. And everything from that point is completely included. Everything's free. Room service, mini bar, obviously all the restaurants and all the food and drinks at the pool, um, the activities, it's all included. Kids stay in the room for free and it's a room rate. So you pay for the room and everyone who stays in that room is included in that rate. So we're so excited because it's such a beautiful and amazing location and we've got some amazing people. So let's talk about the amazing people we have. I'm not going to go through everyone, but I'm just going to give you a little smattering of some of the uh, people that we have. Our keynote speaker is Dave Fenoy. Now, if you don't know Dave, check him out on IMDb, find him online, <laughs> go to his website, He's an incredible voice talent. He's been in the business for ages and he's just an awesome guy and incredibly talented, incredibly knowledgeable. And uh, he's gonna be there the whole time. Um, so you can come and learn from him, hang out with him. And we're so excited that Dave's joining us. Mera Juno, another incredible voice talent. Mera's amazing. Uh, her resume is as long as your arm, huge. Uh, Sarah Natacheni, who is the voice of Ash Ketchum and Pokemon and a million other things. She's one of the sort of younger generation who are just exploding right now of voice actors. So she's amazing. Tina Marasco, who is a casting director at Sound and Fury. She uh, is a demo producer and a coach and also a voice talent herself. But Tina casts the biggest campaigns on the planet at Sound and Fury and is in high demand as a coach. And you have to book months and months in advance to get classes with Tina. Um, but she's going to be there again throughout the whole time. So an amazing opportunity to spend some time with someone so knowledgeable and influential. 
And finally, today, Everett Oliver, who was a booth director on The Simpsons. <laughs> he is a an incredible coach, a vibrant personality, a super knowledgeable guy, the friendliest guy in the industry. He's a ball of energy and the most fun guy to hang out with, and everyone loves Everett. So on top of that, we are negotiating with our sponsors some amazing perks to offer our attendees. Um, we're going to announce those over the coming days. So if you're interested in coming in the middle of bleak February to our beautiful beachside hotel and voiceover event, um, go to vocationconference.com to find out more information. And for tickets, uh, there is the ticket link directly there. If you're in any doubt, if you have any questions, shoot us an email, vocationconference at gmail.com, or go to our Facebook group, Vocation Voiceover. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much the event. So let's go into this episode now. This is an interview with one of our favorite people on the planet, Maria Pendolino. Um, Karen's going to be joining me to talk with Maria. I don't really need to give Maria an introduction. She's an extraordinarily successful voice talent. She's a font of knowledge and she's a lovely person and she's the most generous person with, with that knowledge. So um, she's, of course, going to be at Cancun and spending time with Maria is always a joy, whether it's on a podcast or, you know, lying on a lounger next to a pool in Cancun. It's all good. <laughs> like, as I say, keep listening to these. We've got interviews with a whole bunch of our speakers coming up. I hope you are well and happy and healthy and I will speak to you soon. So let's uh, relax, lean back on your sun lounger and enjoy some beachy voiceover goodness. <laughs> All right, here we go. Hello everyone, welcome to the beach. We are joined by our good friend, Maria Pendolino. Hello. Thank you so much. The strawberry daiquiri is delicious. Oh yes, here we go. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. <laughs> oh my gosh, these, these seagulls are just beautiful. I requested uh, two umbrellas for my drink and I was really delighted to see that they honored that request. Oh, yeah. So glad. If you need anything else, I'll just like drift over to the poolside bar and grab it for you. It's all included, yes. by the way. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Maria, we are so excited that you are at Vocation Cancun. I am also so excited. I I have chosen you, Jamie and Karen, as my uh, as my official end to travel quarantine. <gasps> yeah. Um, so this will be the first trip that I am taking uh, outside of my kind of home zip code since March of 2020. Wow. So we are honored. honored. We are. I am absolutely Voice honored. Voice over community, you better be ready because I've got a lot of steam <laughs> to burn off. Yeah. She's coming out hard. <laughs> <laughs> Give me that inflatable just, flamingo immediately. Yes. I was just saying to Jamie that I feel like you could just read the phone book and people would learn something. You're, you're yeah. fantastic. <laughs> tell, tell us a little bit about you, Maria, for anyone who doesn't know you and your journey and who you sure. are and what, what you love. Um, so my name is Maria Pendolino. I'm a voice actor. I live in Buffalo, New York. Go Bills. Um, I have been acting since the tender age of 11. 
I, uh, I had the opposite of stage parents. I had to inform them and drag them along to my community theater auditions. Uh, when I was young, I would find the auditions in the newspaper and report to them when they had to drive me. Um, that doesn't at all surprise me. Marie. No, I've been 40 since I was 12. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I did a lot of musical theater and cabaret in New York. Uh, and then kind of picked up voiceover as a uh, as a sidecar to th- those acting pursuits. Um, I did some work on TV and film. I was in a Bollywood movie, which was very exciting. Ooh. And uh, yeah, started doing voiceover and I really enjoyed it and kind of transitioned to being a full-time voice actor. Um, and I've been doing that now for just over 12 years. I work across a lot of different genres. I do commercial and corporate narration, documentaries, animation and video games. I love speed talking and disclaimer copy. That's one of my party tricks. And um, yeah, I'm just really excited to, uh, I'm really excited to be here with you today on the beach drinking the Staggery. Wonderful. And I'm super excited about um, Vocation Cancun and the idea of being able to break away from our little boxes and our little studios to get some much needed vitamin D during February. If you've ever yes. been to Buffalo in February, you know why I'm very excited to go to Mexico in February. Um, and just uh, be with everyone to talk about the business side of voiceover, which is something that I'm super, super passionate about. And I love helping other voice actors learn how to turn their talents um, into a successful and thriving business. That's awesome. I also want to say thank you because you are also a sponsor of Vocation yeah. Cancun. Yes, I am very sponsoring the welcome table. So when Woo-hoo. you are coming off of your planes and you're sweaty and gross and you just want to get to your hotel room, <laughs> you're going to be so glad to check in at our welcome table. Yes. Yeah. I love it. We've got some fun little additional things that you're going to be bringing to the conference as well that we we, we uh, won't reveal quite yet. But No, uh, so there must be some plans. surprises. But yeah, this this uh, this welcome table sponsorship group chat is 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 very vibrant. I'll just say that. So I know we're a few months off right now, but do you do you have a plan for what you're going to talk about or a rough idea? Well, um, one thing that I did at the very very first vocation, which was in person at in New York, um, was the uh, the negotiation Thunderdome. Yeah. Yes, the negotiation I, um, Thunderdome. I, I'm sure Thunderdome is probably trademarked, so maybe Don't we'll worry. have to give it like it's, its own um, its own. We we'll call it the Lightning Dome. The Lightning Dome, or something, yeah. <laughs> um, but basically, what I did is I created scenarios um, for voiceover projects, the types of projects that. Um, a voice actor would be able to obtain on their own, whether they got it from an online casting site or through their own direct marketing or a client found their website. Um, And the scenarios were loosely based on projects that I had in my own portfolio. So they were based on kind of the specs that I had gotten of jobs that I had done during that year. And I kind of laid out, you know, here's what you know about the project. Here's what the client has told you about their budget, if anything. You know, what would you quote and kind of show your work? How did you get there? And we kind of pitted one voice actor against another on stage in a very melodramatic fashion uh, (laughs) to rapid fire give their quotes. Um, So that was a big hit. So, you know, I'm I'm seeing I'm seeing that again. I'm seeing, uh, you know, some 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 vibrant, you know, Mexican scenery, everybody with a drink in hand, uh, finding a way to make the lightning dome, Thunderdome uh, better than ever. And um, 
Also, I think just I know people are really interested in talking about finding ways to negotiate and keep the conversation going with clients who maybe are not part of the larger production industry and maybe don't have as much exposure to what talent rates are and what talent negotiations and terms look like. Um, So just empowering everyone to have responses and rebuttals to keep conversations going if a client asks you to sign an all-encompassing release that you want them to remove some verbiage of or if a client you know reacts to your quote in a way you know thinking that that is you know a ridiculous quote like helping people explain like where our quotes come from and how we charge for voiceover services so um just putting together some materials that give everyone the confidence to walk out of vocation cancun knowing that they can have really intelligent conversations with the clients that they're trying to work with the folks that they're trying to market to and know that they can get their worth there is more work out there than there has ever been there is great great paying work out there Mm. um and i think it's important that everyone is getting the most that they can for their very special talent and service. Amen to that. Yeah, 100%. And I think it's really good that you're empowering the talent to sort of take control to a certain degree of the negotiation process because oftentimes, especially when you're starting out, you feel sort of subject to the client rather than having any kind of level of input and control. And and that was definitely something I, I, I really loved about I mean, all of your classes that you've taught over the years, but that's a running theme for you, I think, is being strategic and coming at it from a position of, it's not authority, it's a sort of equal partnership, right? It's a bit of a banter back and forth. Yeah, and I think it really levels the playing field when you think of yourself as a business negotiating with another business. It's two Mm -hmm. businesses coming together to discuss working together. They're interested in working with you, you're interested in working with them. You are equal and equivalent parties. And I think... As actors, especially those of us who got into voice acting coming from other artistic pursuits like um, theatrical acting or singing or opera or things like that, a lot of times, you know, from an early age in college and beyond, we are conditioned to say yes to every job because yes to that job means maybe you work with a director and then you're on their shortlist for the next one or you work with a producer and now you're in their kind of like repertory group of people that they like to hire so even if the terms of this particular job aren't good there's this promise of future employment future work you know a future working career as an actor and i think that particular mentality can be a little bit toxic to voiceover because in voiceover a lot of times we are working with clients who are actively using our voice to make a significant amount of money whether they are selling a course whether we are involved in their marketing whatever it is um and it's it's just a slightly different experience from being an actor on stage where you're not your performance isn't exactly tied to the price of the ticket you know there's a lot of Mm -hmm. things that go into that so thinking of yourself as a small business thinking of yourself as an entrepreneur and knowing that you come into these conversations and negotiations as an equivalent with the person who has the job to offer um, i think gives people a position of strength um, and knowing that Mm. the power dynamic is actually equal as opposed to you know you feeling less than the client yeah what do you think and what advice would you have for talent uh who are are starting on fiverr um, or these sites that kind of offer lower rates, how, what advice would you have for them on how to 
quote and maybe work smarter, not harder <laughs> and kind of get their rates up? Yeah, I think, you know, obviously there are marketplaces that prioritize things other than value. So, you know, Fiverr has marketed itself as a place that is easy to find collaborators, whether that's voice actors, graphic designers, uh, editors, copywriters, whatever. Um, it's easy and it's fast. And that's kind of what their marketing is all about. So the people who come to those sites may not have the pinnacle of quality in mind when they're reaching out to different freelancers. They're looking for something that is cost effective and they're looking for something that is fast. So if you are freelancing on that side, I think it's important to know that those are the things that the clients on there may be prioritizing. So in order to make, you know, what you put together as your goal, you know, your your weekly or your monthly nut, you may have to do you know, several more projects at a specific rate in order to hit that. So if you are not satisfied with that run rate, you know, you don't want to do 10 jobs for $100, you want to do one job for $1,000, you can certainly set your rates to that on those different platforms, but recognize that the customer acquisition that the site is doing you know, they are advertising specifically to clients that they can find people on those sites to do those jobs at a very rapid speed quickly for less money than people are finding it elsewhere. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that that's challenging is if you want to raise your rates and uphold, you know, a certain value to your skill. And there are tons of very, very talented performers who market themselves on places like Fiverr and Upwork. The problem is, is that the platform itself is actually marketing to the clients and telling them something else. Yeah. So you're saying that, you know, I'm a top collaborator here on this platform. And because my work is so good and my track record is so good, my reputation is so good, I charge more than the average bear. That's great. And you should. But the platform that you've decided to list yourself is actively marketing to the clients, telling them that they can find people who are faster and cheaper than you. Yeah. So there's that disconnect between your work, your quality and what you're worth versus the marketing and acquisition of the platform, looking for clients who their specific goal is is speed and price. Yeah. So I think it, it becomes like growing pains, right? If you use platforms like Fiverr and Upwork and other freelancing marketplaces, if that's where you cut your teeth and you learn how to edit audio better and you learn how to manage your time better because you've picked up projects and now you need to work them around your other responsibilities, do you get to a point, is there an inflection point um, where the scales tip and you're like, actually, I'm better than this platform better than the clients that this platform presents me now. So I actually, in order to grow, I need to leave this and move on to something else and find clients elsewhere and acquire them in a different way so that you can control the narrative about what you're worth and what quality means and you know how that contributes to the rates that you set. I think everybody gets to a point where you might outgrow platforms, you might outgrow clients, you might outgrow genres and decide, you know, hey, I've I've been really successful in booking commercials, so I don't have time for audiobooks anymore. I think that's a constant reevaluation process. Um, and you that may be something you need to go to as you grow and become, you know, a quality voice actor starting on a site like that. Mm. Yeah, I, I think and I think probably you both 
would probably agree that I'm not at all judgy about people starting out on these sites and cutting their teeth and getting experience and you know growing their their career. But I'm more and more realizing that if you strive to be an elite talent and strive to work with essentially elite clients, you're more future proofing your career <laughs> because if a client is looking for stack them high, sell them cheap kind of talent, their pivot to AI is going to be much easier than mm -hmm. a client who's got a big budget and is looking for a very specific high quality product. So to me, four or five years in the future, a lot of this really low paying work is right in the <laughs> this eyesight of AI type work. So. Um, we're in a weird transition period now where both exist. AI, cheap work exists, like it all works together. But I feel like in a long term, you know, that's a very vulnerable place to be. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think there's also something about like learning about the industry that you're in. And I know like there really isn't a voiceover industry so much as like, you know, we are we are a cog in the wheel of a lot of different industries. But, you know, if if you if you wake up one day and you're like, today is the day I've always wanted to try voiceover. So, you know, I'm going to buy this mic from Amazon. I'm going to put some pillows up in my closet and I'm going to sign up for a, a, a profile on Fiverr. Like those are the first and steps I'm gonna that I'm going to go to Vocation Cancun. <laughs> and yes. I'm going to go to Vocation Cancun. Absolutely. <laughs> if those are the first steps you take, that's great. That's a fine start. That's a fair start. But like, eventually you want to know more about what's going on in your industry, right? Mm -hmm. And maybe that comes with, you know, seeking out other classes or webinars or conferences like Vocation Cancun. Or maybe you, you know, coach with someone to get better at a particular genre. But all of the information about our industry and the changing of our industry and whatever is all out there, right? There's there's podcasts. Um, uh, you know, we've got the VO School podcast that, you know, Jamie worked on and curated for many years, which is basically like an MBA and voiceover for free available to you on every <laughs> podcast platform that exists. There's YouTube videos. There are interviews. There are blogs. Um, so what what I worry about is the talents who start on a freelancing platform like Fiverr or Upwork and think that that's all there is, yeah. right? Yeah. This is the yeah. only path to make money as a voice actor in order to be successful in working. It happens here without realizing how big the world is and how many different avenues there are to pursue and how many different ways there are to make a living as a voice actor, whether it is the highest echelon of being represented by like, you know, the Atlas and DPNs and SBVs and innovatives of the world, right? And reading for the highest campaigns um, or, you know, cultivating your own clients and direct marketing and reaching out to people on LinkedIn and cutting out a middle person platform, you know, like a freelancing platform, um, whether it's becoming, you know, a roster talent uh, or being an imaging talent or something that's on on call and on demand all day for radio stations, TV stations, whatever. I, I worry about the people who don't seek out what else is out there to learn more um, because they're the ones, like you said, Jamie, that are very, very susceptible as the industry continues to change and grow and it will change and grow of course but there's so much there's so much like you don't know what you don't know right we all reacted very strongly to that cnbc article about um you know millennial quits job buys van and makes a hundred thousand dollars doing voiceover in their van great for them 
great for them. But what we all really reacted to strongly was they had, you know, they had made all of this money through this one freelancing platform. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people were very, very critical. And Karin, I think you pointed out one thing, which was this person must be pretty good. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because to make that much money on a freelancing platform where the emphasis is on the the quickness of the delivery and um, the cost of the job. In order to make that kind of money, like that person must have cultivated some repeat clients that have come back to them on that platform again and again. And, you know, they worked really hard to make that money. And they and they auditioned for all of these jobs and and got booked, you know, or or they created demos on their profile and got booked directly. You know, like this is not this is a professional voice talent. This is not a person who is like just you know, like recording in their USB mic, like in their open kitchen or something, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think too, for people who come from another industry, like if you're if you're comparing doing voiceover work to working, you know, a, at a fast food restaurant or something, it seems like a ton of money yeah. to be yeah. paid $50 for a 30 second commercial. And it's just because people don't realize what, you should be paid and what people are being paid and and what it costs to license your voice to a company, which is really what the true cost is of a commercial, not the time it takes to record it. Yeah. And I'm sure that person who who built that, you know, six figure business out of their van, I'm sure they would love to have a better representation and have the opportunity to read for campaigns and things like that. And, um, you know, maybe they're going to grow their career to the point where they're not using Fiverr, right? But there's a lot of people on those different platforms that don't know what they don't know and they don't know how many other resources are out there, the information that's out there about our business, what's happening in our business. And, I think the other thing is, is that there are so many people creating media, whether mm-hmm. that be advertisements or web videos or reels on TikTok or Instagram. People are creating media for brands, whether they mm-hmm. are small businesses, middle enterprises, or you know the largest Fortune 500, Fortune 100, Fortune 10 companies. People are creating media and the people who are doing it have absolutely no exposure to the quote-unquote Hollywood production system Mm -hmm. as it exists, right? Exactly. You can log on to a a stock photo site like Storyblocks or Getty Images or whatever. You can download, you know, lots of heartfelt-looking hugs and stuff, throw a royalty-free music bed on it, hire a voice actor literally anywhere, and you could have a commercial ready to go to air in an hour and a half, Mm -hmm. right? We're not talking about $3 million budgets. We're not talking about four-week four-week, you know, union proposal, uh, you know, commercial contract approvals. We're talking about 15 minutes. Like, I could make a commercial in 15 minutes. I'm confident I can do it with the materials that I have at my disposal with iMovie and my royalty-free account, you know? And it's that. I think it's that. There's there's people who are creating media. I get more and more jobs from people who have at company.com email addresses, and they're not using an agency, either an advertising mm-hmm. agency or yeah. a video production company or some sort of media agency. It's just the person who is the marketing coordinator at the company who wants to create a piece of media either to put on their website or their YouTube channel or their social media channels. And they're like, oh, you know, instead of having Janice in accounting doing the voiceover, why don't I hire a voice actor? So I'm going to go to Google to figure out how to do that. And they do that. And those people are outside of the production cycle. There's not 
a production company. There isn't a casting director. Talents, talent agents and managers are not involved. Like all of the systemic things that have grown uh, around the industry are now all completely cut out of the equation because this one marketing manager has iMovie on their computer and they can do what they need to do and they could cherry pick a couple of freelancers to get it to the finish line. So I think the combination of those two things so that anyone can be creating media and they don't need 17 different, you know, fiefdoms to participate in the creation of it to get it out to air. Uh, and the fact that people are choosing to jump on the freelancing bandwagon um, from all stages and all places. So you you have two people showing up to work together who have zero institutional knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then exactly. that becomes that kind of like dangerous combination of not knowing what you don't know. Exactly. And it's almost like a separate industry at that level, isn't it? Com- aside from the voiceover industry, it's almost completely disconnected. Yeah, because there's no there's no connection to any of the previous forms of quote-unquote production you know that you need and I personally relate to that a lot because when I started in voiceover you know I took I took like one class or two classes where they mentioned that you could go on these online casting sites so I put up a profile on voice123 and voices.com and I literally thought the entire industry existed on those two websites and then it wasn't until I had been in voiceover for I don't know maybe two years before I realized that people were going to in-person auditions in New York with agents. And I was like, what? Why would you do that? (laughs) That sounds like a lot of time. (laughs) But I didn't, but then also I would see, I would see ads on TV and go, wait a minute, why didn't I get the audition for that? Oh, it must be like, I, I had a little bit of awareness that there was a union at some point and, but no idea how it operated. But I think that that's how that's how places like Fiverr and Upwork work now, where mm. it's like completely separate even from the online casting sites and from the um, the online community that we have. Right, because voiceover is just another creative freelancing opportunity on those sites. It's yeah. lumped in with graphic design. It's lumped in with coding. It's lumped in with all of that kind of stuff. My my genesis is actually the exact opposite, Karin, in that mm-hmm. I had top tier representation had union membership and dues paid and I was going to all of those in-person auditions and I wasn't booking anything Mm -hmm. because I didn't have any experience and I was reading alongside all of these like union behemoths who all had all of the spots running I remember walking into castings and like Every time somebody would like come up to the sign up list, it was like, oh, my God, how are you? Yeah. Yeah. Charlie. Oh, my God. How old are the kids? And like all of these people know each other. And I was like, how the are like, here, hold my baby. (laughs) I absolutely loved the hold my baby uh, traditions at in-person casting. Please, I have to I have to go in. Can you just hold my baby? Yes. Like, (laughs) um, but like I I knew that I really enjoyed doing voiceover and I enjoyed the coaching sessions that I was doing in the classes I was taking. And I was like going to these auditions like feeling really confident and I just like wasn't really booking anything and I was like I wonder if there's more out there and actually that's when I joined voice one two three because I was interested in like getting better and I wanted to do more things and I was like I feel like these in-person auditions like that's probably not where like people are doing like phone systems or like Mm -hmm. medical narration and stuff I was like I'm really good at saying like complicated words and like hard last names like where can I find that work so I had like the the complete opposite like career genesis to you. I had the access to the best stuff first and then I went looking for the other stuff that I could source myself because I wanted to do more work. 
And we all ended up somewhere in the middle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> doing, doing all of it, <laughs> trying, to, right. trying to have as many branches out as possible to find new work. One of the things I particularly like about your class, Maria, is that you come with receipts. You know, these are real world examples of things that you've negotiated and where you came in at one number and it ended up at, a, at another number. Or you just said, you know, what's your budget? And you were expecting one thing and it ended up being much bigger number. So I think that's really valuable and, and something that you don't see a lot of online. You see a lot of talk about rates and things like that, but no actual specific figures, which is... I try cool. to be as transparent as possible in a way that feels comfortable for me and comfortable for everyone else because mm -hmm. yeah. I know that money and compensation is is very fraught, right? As mm. Americans, we're conditioned not to talk about money. It's a, it's a faux pas. It's gauche to talk about it in friendly conversation. Uh, women especially are conditioned, you know, not to talk about money or just like accept what's given to you and not negotiate. Wait, wait until the next one to negotiate. And I think that that becomes really complicated. So there's this like fine line to walk where, you know, in the spirit of uh, a free market economy, you know, everybody can charge whatever they want and they should, you know, that's, that's what, that's the world we live in. That's the system we live in. But I do think that people have found at least some comfort, I guess, in the, the peeling back the layers or like opening up the curtain and showing what some of these types of projects that you can get on your own might pay. And I think it's important for people to know that not every client out there that you're reaching out to has heard of the GVAA rate guide, mm -hmm. the, the wonderful rate guide that's produced by the Global Voice Acting Academy, which is a great resource for all of us. Like, I, <laughs> I'm always surprised, like, people walk into my classes and I'll present, you know, something that's maybe a little bit complicated and they go to the GVA rate guide and they're like, well, it's seven spots and GVAA said that that should be 1500 a spot. So it should be this. And it's like, yeah, but that's actually not what's happening in the real world. Right. Mm -hmm. So you have to understand that sometimes clients have a just a bottom line number. And then the question is, do you want that job? Yeah. You know, does this does this prevent you from doing other work? Is it going to conflict you? And you have to ask yourself all of these questions and go through this like demystifying process. And I think people have always appreciated me being just real about it and saying like, yeah, if I use the numbers on the GVA rate guide, this got, this job should have paid $27,000, but the client was never going to pay $27,000. No. So when I evaluated, you know, how does this affect my business? Are there any positives and negatives to taking this job? Is it going to prevent me from doing other work? When I answer those kind of questions, for myself and I say, I'm more than happy to do this half an hour of work for $7,500, you know, even though the math didn't line up the way everyone thinks it should. It's just that real world example. Like the client had $7,500. I chose to take this job, you know, and here's why. And here's how I determined that it wouldn't be a detriment to my business. And yeah. I think people get hung up on saying, well, but on the rate guide, it's this. And it's like, sure. <laughs> but sometimes a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. Right. Yeah. But you also have to remember that the rate guide was built by people submitting surveys about what they would charge for something. So in yeah. order to get those ranges that they share, like, you know, 2000 to 2500 somebody was charging $7,000 and somebody was charging $750. And it all averages out to approximately, you know, 2000 to $2,500. So um, I think it's important to remember that, you know, you have to evaluate each opportunity as it presents itself. And there's no hard and fast rule about 
what is or is not a good price for a job. And sometimes yeah. also you say yes to a rate that might be, you know, a little below what what you uh, were hoping to get for it. But there is so much repeat work that comes after that, that it completely makes up for the fact that it was $50 less than you thought that you should have been charging. Right. So like you, you might get one video that you would normally charge $350 for. They say we only have $300 and you say, oh, yes, OK, fine. Like we can do it for $300. My normal rate's $350, but you know, I, I love to work with you. And then you get like 17 more videos for $300. <laughs> Whereas if you had nickel and dimed them for the extra $50, they might be like, I don't know if I want to. Yeah. And person. I mean, this they is pushing me. Definitely. This is the crux of negotiation, right? You don't necessarily know what's at the end of the rainbow. Like, is there a pot of gold or is this just like someone who hires a voice actor every four years and that's it, you know? But you have to you have to ask those questions and you need to know your business. Um, the, the one example that I always give is I had someone reach out to me and ask me if I would be interested in auditioning for a commercial for a suitcase. And this particular <laughs> client demanded that it would be uh, a buyout in perpetuity. And for the most part, I don't do buyouts in perpetuity for any sort of commercial advertising because I want to be available to audition for, you know, the next big campaign that comes along. And I have great representation and I would never want to, you know, prevent them from being able to submit me on stuff. But I looked at how many times I had ever auditioned for a suitcase commercial. And the answer was I had never auditioned for a suitcase commercial. So I looked at, you know, how much I would charge, you know, if it was like a one or two year buyout. And I gave them a pretty high quote. And I said, well, if you'd like to buy it out in per perpetuity, it'll be this. And uh, the client said, OK, let me review it. Ultimately, they had no problem with the number that I put out, knowing that I was particular, you know, potentially conflicting myself in the category of suitcases for the rest of my voiceover career. But ultimately, they decided to release a spot that didn't have any voiceover. So I am still available um, for, suitcase. for all suitcase <laughs> commercials. American Calling Tourist, if you're hello, listening. Is this, is this Samsonite? Yeah. I, I. You know what? Maybe I need some new suitcases for Vocation Cancun. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. way to tie it in. <laughs> I've way got to tie several it in. new swimsuits and wraps to pack. I've got a very large straw hat to protect yes. my northeastern very pale skin. Um, so, but yeah, that, you know, that's an example where like I considered the risk to my business and ultimately I made the decision that the risk was low and I was willing to negotiate on terms that like, if they had told me like, Hey, this is for Taco Bell, I would have been like, see ya later, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but those are the types of things like you need to know your business. You need to know what the risk is and you need to be able to have those conversations both with yourself and the client, um, and feel empowered to do so. Amazing. Awesome. Well, um, we're looking to having have these conversations at the beach in person, although we're technically at the beach right now. Right. Um, we really are. We promise. We're like <laughs> super the at beach. the beach right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing how so little sand has gotten into my Neumann. I know. I'm and so impressed. Amazing. <laughs> Thank goodness the wind's amazing. not blowing that hard. <laughs> <laughs> it never does in Cancun. It's the lovely seagulls there. haven't even attacked us. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you for joining us. We'll see you again in February. And if uh, and if you listeners would like to check out more about Vocation Cancun, head over to www.vocationconference.com and you'll see all the info there. I mean, you definitely want to be in person with Maria. Who wouldn't? Oh, yeah. Cool. Strawberry daiquiri, happy hour. I mean, come on. Let's just get it done. Voiceover chat. <laughs> what more could you ask for? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks, everyone. Adios. Adios.